Yo Amsterdam and I'm filling up nice That's Van der Sar and Ten Hag Aye I might just shot this beef for 10 bags Real talk on my life I couldn't give a fuck about them man And all my guys are ballers Coming like we play for Simrap Fake use get rid of them Me and the gang was doing our plan Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ballers Corner We're joined by Karel and um, a famous, a famous face, a famous name in the Arsenal space. Um, in another life, he could have been an NBA player because, I mean, he's six foot four and that. Um, we're joined by H. Yo, what's going on, people? Um, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, it's a massive pleasure to be in the presence of Karel and Jeff. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I like the PR already, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, hey, they came in like a guest pastor, fam. Hey, fam. Like, at the conference. <laughs> I'm blessed to be at this church, like, in front of your congregation. <laughs> you no, know, I'm not uh, my people right, man. Come on, man. Obviously, you know, we're, we're, you know, as Chelsea fans, we're, we're just happy to be, you know, in the in the, in the the presence of, you know, clear title Ricky. contenders. Uh, the, the title favourites. You know what I mean? The and I'm saying all that stuff now just so that if down the line you try and play down Arsenal's <laughs> chances, I'm putting it on I'm putting it on notice. They are champions last right now. <laughs> but but hey, speaking of that, Harold H, oh. big man, start of the season. Yeah. What are your expectations for Arsenal? Um, each competition. Each competition, yeah. I think mm. and I, I think I can I, I can actually speak on behalf of um most Arsenal fans, but the expectation was to, um, from a league perspective, the Premier League, to finish in the top four. Okay. Um, and I think before the season actually kicked off, there was a lot of pessimism with regards to how well other teams around us were strengthening. So Spurs, for example, the 170 million outlay on their squad. Yeah, I'm ready, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, let's just... Well, at some point, we're going to talk about how that 170 million was spent and how it's <laughs> arguably worse than how they spent the Gareth Bale money. But, you know, hey. we move. <laughs> we should be definitely revisit that. Um, Chelsea, obviously, going through a transition period, um, it wasn't necessarily clear as to what was going to happen. But the new owners, obviously, are very willing and they've injected a bit of cash. Man City are Man City. And... Even though Liverpool played virtually every game possible last season, I think because they played every game possible last season, it's kind of testament to how great of a squad that they have. So we were already a bit like cautious of whether or not we were going to do it, but that was the main object. I think that was the main parameter as to if Arteta doesn't get us top four this season, then big questions need to be asked. I think from a European perspective, we're back in Europe after not being in the competition. And I think, again, Speaking for myself and some Arsenal fans around me, Arsenal fans around me, I think the expectation was probably a semi-final. Um, obviously, with an aim to win the competition, but you know, to put a statement out to say we've been away for a season, we're back now, and you know, we're a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I think on top of that, to win one of the two um, domestic cups, that being the League Cup or the FA Cup, we're out of the League Cup, but. The FA Cup journey is still, still early, but still alive. So I think when you're looking at those four competitions, that's where, you know, the expectations were set. Um, one of them are obviously gone, but I think one of the three that remain, we are exceedingly 
you know, achieving. And that's obviously within the Premier League. I, I genuinely never would have imagined Arsenal to be in this position that we're in now. Even up until now, I'm still very, very cautious to, to come out and say what could potentially come of uh, uh, this season. But I'm enjoying it for what it is. I think all Arsenal fans are, especially off the back of the results this weekend. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's what we had planned for for uh, for this season still. That's very interesting that you say that. So now you're top, you're eight points clear, halfway, nearly halfway through the season. Mm. Is it a failure if Arsenal don't take it all the way? I look at it through two verticals, yeah? Because for me, I always say that objectives can change um over the course of the season but so that's 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 the one thing that I, that I stand by so on one hand given the position that we're in now I feel like we're in a very very good moment and I think it's definitely achievable for us to go the length and win the league mm. the reason why I say that in a very cautious manner is because I've seen Man City put together a 17 game winning streak and Pip Liverpool who were 14 points clear off the back of the new year so I've seen that happen. So for me to come out confidently and say we can do it would be very naive. But for us to not sustain where we are now, having seen how Man City are playing, having seen how up and down Tottenham have been, United have kick-started fairly late into the season or late into the first half of the season, I should say. And Newcastle, I don't foresee them sustaining this supposed title challenge. It probably would be a failure to give you know away an eight-point swing. But as I say that, we started off the season in a position where we wanted to achieve, sorry, my buzz is going off, we wanted to achieve um, top four. So mm. in that respect, we've probably secured top four, given that it will take a 14-point turnaround for that to happen. But from a league perspective, it will be fairly disappointing as well, given you know the 20-year wait and where we are now. So it's I don't know, man, you can look at it from two different ways. I think if you look, if, if it was Man City in our position, it's a massive failure. But given it's Arsenal... Finished fifth last season, no European football last season. You know, the, the talk was Arsenal didn't have a good transfer window and this and that. Bro, I, I think we're doing quite well. So it's a bit of a weird one, man. Bro, mm. I'm going to bring it to you now. Um, when does it become a failure if Arsenal don't win? Because we're one game from it being halfway in the season, isn't it? Is it from you know, New Year's, if you're top and you're clear by a certain margin of points, is a failure if you don't win. Because we've had conversations before where, and we'll get into it a bit more, where we, where you think Chelsea have bottled the league. But what's the line? Like, where does the line get drawn? When is it, you know what, City are still favourites because they're City. And when is it, now Arsenal should be taking this home? I mean, I think... If I, if no context is to be applied, as in, like, if we look back on it and Arsenal suffered injuries in key places and, um, like in their midfield and defence and and they they fell away because of it, then it's not a failure. But I actually think, I, there's I think th- there's a statistic like rarely anyone who goes into the new year at, at top doesn't win the league title. And two clubs that have done that that haven't won are Arsenal and Liverpool, actually. Yeah, and for me, looking at the gap, I'm, they have they have to do it. Like, there's no, it's, there's I don't think there's an excuse because the 
the expectation was from everyone else, as Arsenal's been plodding along this season towards the halfway stage, is at some point City are just going to wake up and put 11 games together, 10 games together, 9 games together. But the team that's shown that they're probably more capable of doing that is Arsenal. So for me, looking at it in a vacuum, if Arsenal get to May and don't win the league title, it's a failure. I know they have different expectations. We never expected to be here. But guess what? Leicester never expected to be there in 15-16 and they still got the job done. Like, for me, the 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 Arsenal of the last, what is it, 17, 18 years, yeah. Sometimes you have to put that to the side and just remember who you actually are in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't sing Arsenal, the greatest team the world's ever seen, to bottle halfway stage leads. Like, you have to... I, I, that's why I hate Arsenal fans this season as well. Like, they're so fake humble as well. That's what's pissing me off. Hey, they toss it to you, man. It's fake humble because you guys... How's the like, fake humble? Really, <laughs> you know really what it is, yeah? With one hand, yeah, they're flexing on everyone going, yeah, ah, oh, look how we're doing, man. Look how we're playing. Look what we're doing. Da, 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 da. On the other hand, they go, I... But we never expected this, though. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, like, we're not that good, you know? You know, City are going to pip us, you know. Like, it's just that thing. It's like it's like covering your own back while, like, Being celebrating in our faces. Yeah, because if you're going to tell us Chelsea this, us United this, you're getting on to everyone, and then go, but if we don't win this title, it's City, in it. It's just City. That's what City does. Like, come on, man. But there's, I feel like there's still some some substance to that because, I listen, I hear what you're saying, innit? And I feel like at some point it has to be we are going to do this or we're not going to do that. I get what you're saying. But mm. for me, um, I'm waiting until Feb. And the reason being is because I want to see what we do in the transfer window. And I'm sure you look, have your banter ready and your script ready to kind of laugh about Mudrick or whatever. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but, but I feel like that type of business is very important for us to get this over the line. Simply mm. because we have a very good, you know, let's say... 12 to 14 maximum to 13, 14 players who, if we can switch one person with another person, the ship won't come crashing down. But the extended bit of that team, no Arsenal fan trusts. It is And, and the, the drop-off in difference from the 14 to the other 11 that make up the 25-man squad, it is so big, yeah, that you saw it last season when... Thomas Partey got injured. Kieran Tierney got injured. We went on a run where it was very up and down. Drop points to Southampton, uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Spurs. Um, and it was very up and down. And I feel like that having that in the back of our minds is what's, you know, making us think, right, if our first 11, God willing, remain fit, it is very likely we'll go the whole length and win the league. If they don't, it is very, very, very catastrophic. And Again, we've got to wait and see what we do in the window. We've only got 14 days left. And I feel like last year, given the events of last year, where we didn't bolster the squad, and the likes of Spurs did, um, Newcastle did, um, other teams around us did, and the teams that pipped us to, or should I say Spurs, who pipped us to fourth place, that's what's played on our minds. So, like I said earlier on, the dream is to go the length and do it, but we'd be very naive to sit here and say, we're going to do it. Knowing we haven't bought any players, we just lost a key battle with another club in a key area. And there's still 18 games, like, you know, 18, 19 games left to play. So we'll see. For me, anyway, I've, I've always said February 15th, we're playing City at home. 
that is the fixture where if we win that, I will put my chest out and say, yep, we're going to win but, the league. You know, my thing, my only thing is with that, yeah, and this is where you're sitting now is kind of where I was sitting 12 months ago as a Chelsea fan. Where, huh, don't where mind me. We're neck and neck with City and Liverpool. We know that they've slightly got the edge on us when it comes to individual personnel and I guess in some ways you could say like the managers. But um, also knowing that two two injuries in particular, I know we had other injuries, but two injuries in particular basically killed the season for us. But for me, I still look at the back end of that season as a failure because sometimes the way I look at it and go is like, there's certain teams, you just, certain games you just have to win. Like, the big six games, I understand you can lose those games. Like, you might, you might lost to United earlier this season. Like, you, City could beat you. But there's more points available outside of the top six than there is within the top six. And that's where, with Chelsea last season, I thought it was a, it was a big collapse. Because some, we were dropping points against anybody and everybody. I didn't really care about beating Liverpool beating City, beating United, beating Arsenal, Tottenham, as much as winning every other game. Because I knew that's what would keep us, if not in a race, but firmly, like, third or second. And that's where we fell away. Um, but I, I, I do understand where you're coming from, in the sense that you don't have... Or, I don't know if it's the fact that you don't have depth, but everyone looks at City's depth and goes, well, they can change out 11 players and probably still win 99% of their game. But they're stumbling. That's my biggest thing is they're stumbling. And I see that point there, yeah, Carol, yeah. I agree with that. The one thing that I'll say is that the um, competitive nature of the league this season is a lot tougher than it was last season. And by, by, by that, I mean, I can probably this season, put money on a team like a Newcastle or maybe a Fulham or a Brentford to take points off City randomly in certain games. But last season, yeah. more time was a given. Hence why yeah. for you last season, where you lot had the stronger squad, you deem it as a failure because it wasn't as competitive as it is now. We're not seeing, you know, teams like Brentford or last season, you wouldn't see a team like Brentford go City and then win 1-0 away. Or you wouldn't see... Um, a Brentford at home slap up <laughs> Chelsea uh, or a United. Why are you laughing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they're, but forgetting, they're forgetting what happened on the opening day of last season. Well, again, I'm going to allude to that as well. So, obviously, yeah. Arsenal last season, the reason why, again, there wasn't much expectation stepping into the season is because we were so up and down last season yeah. and our transfer window was deemed not good enough. Chelsea last season, you can deem that a failure because. You lot had the resources, the squad, to go the length. And in a league and a season where it wasn't as competitive as it is now, you didn't do it. So for us, I think in, in our favour this season, where there are teams that are grabbing points off of the big six for us, that's where for me it's like, right, as you said, Carell, it, it could possibly be deemed as a failure. But at this stage of the season, we've only dropped um, seven points. Yeah. Out of possible 54, you know. But Which you know, crazy. But you know, in this day and age now, right? Because I think if you said that in the 
like early 2010s, even late 2000s, yeah, like, ah, oh, we've only dropped seven points. You expect more losses and more draws because I guess the the points tally to win the league back then, I mean, you could win the point the league with like 78 points, 80 yeah. points. Now, the standard is so high that I don't think people, like, I would say like adjusting points for, for inflation. Like now, you need you need to be on that kind of pace to win the league title. You have to, because what we've known from, like you said, City and Liverpool is they can push you to 90 plus points to have to win that league title. And I think that it's almost that that mentality of we're riding so high at some point it's going to crash. But I, I actually have to put my hands up and admit there's not been a game this season. I've looked at Arsenal and gone, these men are losing. Oh, and I all. don't see that. And I don't see that changing. So when I'm looking that's, at... That's what's scary for us as well. Like, last season, yeah, there will be games where we... Like, prime example, Crystal Palace away. Every single year, when that game comes up on the calendar, we say, right, before this game is played, we'll take a point, forget the game, we'll cut. That's every single... And even this season, when that was our first game of the season, we all said, right, the PTSD of, of Crystal Palace, when we went there and lost 3-0, you know... We'll take a point to kick off the season and then we'll go from there. But as you said, there has not been... I think the only game where it was a bit of a, I'd say, luck that we won that game was Leeds away. They panned us all game. Should have mm. had a penalty to finish off the game and, and, and take a point, but they didn't. But every other game, even the game against United that we lost, I was stunned. Like, we're all just stunned. We've literally worked every single team that we've come across, whether that's in the Cup, in the Europa League game that we lost against PSV 1-0, and every other game, we've literally worked every single team from a shot perspective, possession, XG, even XG faced, you know, were so forward thinking and so attacking, and yet were like not at all susceptible to conceding chances on like like defending. So it's a bit of a weird one. But as I said, like one or two injuries, if Saliba gets injured, it's long because Rob Holden is nowhere near as good as Saliba or... If Thomas Partey gets injured, God forbid a Lokonga. El Nenny's not. <laughs> you know? That's the most important thing, though, because uh, we mentioned the Chelsea injuries, isn't it? Reese James out, Chilwell out. And then, fam, when you're replacing them with Azpilicueta and like Alonso, guys like this, the drop off is steep. And obviously, you should have a competitive squad in it. But if Reese James is one of the best right backs, in the world, then you've got a veteran leader yeah. who's gone. You know what the difference is, though? Our system was predicated on those two being on the pitch. You know what I'm the, we yeah, could have played yeah. without them being on the pitch. Like That's how it had been set up. And to a degree, I, I understood it because they were our best performing players, but it, it was a hindrance because they were two of our most injury-prone players. Whereas yeah. when I watch Arsenal, yeah, to be honest, not even to give them too much praise, you know what I'm saying, but they they just play ball in it. Bam. Jesus not like, out. Everyone's thinking, rah, like this is a problem. And Ketia's coming, like they the train hasn't stopped moving, which is mad. But that's and I get what the, and I get where they're coming from in terms of injuries will like injuries are likely to happen, especially in the second half of the season. But I should always and I guess it would lead into like the, the other part of the conversation that we're having is the expectation should always remain until something happens. Not like so until an injury happens in a key area, 
then maybe you can uh, adjust your expectations. Because I would say last season, even when Reese James and Chilwell got injured in basically back-to-back games, no Chelsea fan was thinking, that's the end of our season. Yeah, We were still ready to go, ah, no, we can still push until they come back. It's only when we saw how we actually played without them and the run of games that we went on, we kind of went, this is cooked. Like, this, this season, is, this title race is finished before yeah. everyone else has even realised it's finished. I think the Lukaku situation as well, that, for me, that was like, the big change between our previous team and our current team was signing a £97 million striker who has done bits in um, Serie A. But now, but Jeff, yeah, you know, even before you go in with that, yeah, you have to touch on the expectations when it came to that as well. Where there was not a single soul, yeah, and I, and this is why I, this the conversation even started for us, um, in the in the group chat, like, and what triggered when we made that signing, it was one signing off the back of Champions League. The expectation from everyone should have been and was, we're going to win the league. Yeah. We're going to push for the league. We're going to win the league. So Gary Neville and all them man saying it. Like, yeah. Bro, and then we get to the end of the season. We finish top four and everyone goes, well, at least we finished in the Champions League. That's why I was saying to me, that's a massive failure. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. Finishing in the Champions League spot is, um, like, it softens the blow a little bit because you're still going to be competing in the, the Premier um Competition. competition but yeah. that's normal for us do you get what i'm saying like no disrespect to, to <laughs> you haven't been there in a go, while go, but like, get, your, get your digs in, get your no, digs but in. I'm not say, no but i'm saying it like when you say oh if we finish in the champions league spots and that's the target i understand it because when you've gone like seven years here without uh or six years without playing in the champions league you want to play in the champions league and it's the same with and if I heighten those expectations even more, when Chelsea were winning league titles, we were like, oh yeah, winning league's nice, but we want the Champions League. Champions League. Mm. And then we won another Champions League and then everyone was like, oh, but we haven't won the league in like six years. We want the league title. So, when you scale it for different clubs, I understand where where they're but at. And we, we could never... You see the points that you're raising there, Carol, yeah, that is exactly why it's different for Arsenal because... You lot have had a sustained period, apart from the blip, what was it, 2016, I think it was? Mm-hmm. When Leicester yeah. won it, you lot finished 10th. Yeah. I've been in and out of challenging for the league, depth in the Champions League, you know, uh, re-upping on certain positions in your squad. That has been a consistent feat within the history of Chelsea for the past, let's say, 17 years, 18 years, isn't it? And that's where, for you, you can categorically come out and say, yeah, failure from first to wherever we finished last season, failure because we didn't do it. And that's because you look started off the season, uh, last season that is, having acquired a Lukaku, a Havertz, or whoever it was that you look went and bought in it to bolster your squad. And that's why when you look at it holistically, you can deem it a failure. For us, Arsenal, you know, we went and acquired Zinchenko, who you know, Pep let go, or shall, shall we say Zinchenko wanted more game time. But at City, he was deemed surplus to requirements, hence why he was sold. At Gabriel Jesus, who City fans were a bit ready for him to go because he doesn't finish his dinner, which we're seeing at Arsenal. But <laughs> again, he wasn't the first uh, choice striker. 
they even deemed City not having a striker whilst he was at the squad. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, Fabio Vieira, who came out of nowhere, but again, not a starter, someone that we deem as a project player. So there's several acquisitions that we made that no club can turn around and say, right, this team is going to turn around and blow every team out of the water, given for what we saw for, from what we saw last season. So that's where I say there has to be some leeway from Arsenal fans, from pundits, from other fans of, of other teams, where they can say, right, as you said, Carell, with the 11 that you have now, from what you've shown in the first 18 games, that this team, if they're healthy, it will be a failure to capitulate and not win the league. I 100% agree. I don't, given from what I've seen, I think we've got a big enough sample size to say Arsenal can win the league, given the squad that they have. And if all of those 11 starting players remain fit, they will go the length and do it. That's what I believe in it. If key players get injured in areas that we don't have adequate replacements for, then I think it is not in any way, shape or form an issue for anyone to turn around and say, right, they were in a position to win it. They lost two or three key players and they started to drop points. And it was expected because those players that came in are not good enough. And we've seen that from not even just last season, but the, you know, the past two, three, four, five seasons. So that's where I say I can't comment on Arsenal's sustained challenge until the end of January, where we put the onus on the Cronkies our board to go out and give us the you know two, three players in those key positions that I mentioned. If key players are out, it will be very detrimental to where we are now. So yes, if we step into Feb and we bolster the team, we get some good players in that you know we're not scared to have them step in if someone's ill or injured for a couple of weeks, then, yeah, I'll say, yeah, bring on City 15th of Feb. No matter who's in the squad or on the bench, I'm happy because these are good players. But as it is now, no fan outside of Arsenal can come to me and say, with the squad, as in 1 to 25 that you have, you should win the league. No one can tell me that. It's impossible because if a couple of men are out, Chelsea are seeing it now. Chelsea have a much better team or squad than we do, but it's undeniable that what Reese James offers, in my opinion, the best defender in, in England, one of the, probably arguably the best right back in Europe, offers for Chelsea. There is no way Cesar Aspilicueta can offer that. It's impossible. I listen to Rory Jennings week in, week out. He says, to beat Chelsea, all you have to do is have a left winger who is quick. Forget the dribble ability, forget the passing ability, the shooting ability. If you've got someone who's quick, you know, put that left winger against Aspilicueta, and nine times out of ten, you're winning the game. And we, we've seen that, you know, Matoma against Aspilicueta. Um, uh, uh, Rico Henry, left back, Brentford against Aspilicueta. Brian and Buemo, uh, left wow. wing. William, for example, bro. Even that one, for me, that was, I was I was staggered. You know, I was absolutely shocked that, you know, Aspilicueta's performance the other day. But even then, you can't even blame him because he's been such a, elite servant to Chelsea, the guy's old. He shouldn't even be in a position where you're relying on him. And that's where yeah. I say to you lot, yeah. you know, you I've seen you lot argue. You lot look at your board and you think, right, good. We've nicked Mudrick off of Arsenal, but brother, who's our right back? Who's our defensive midfielder? Who's our striker? Like, these are still three pivotal positions that we need filled. You know? You, you, Spoke you, and, go on. I was even going to say, you see when Chelsea, when I talk about our expectations, yeah, Every year, I feel like you should be capable of winning the league, as crazy as it sounds. But I, I say there's failure on different levels. You can have personnel failure. 
you can have managerial failure and you can have board failure. Like we have always had the resources available to us to build a team to win the league. And in the last six years, we haven't done so. Obviously, we had a transfer ban one year. But at no point have we capitalised on our squad building in terms of even like a common thing, midfielder. We haven't signed a permanent midfielder since what? Uh, who's our last? Was it Kovacic was our last? I think you're being really kind and even calling it squad building because I don't, I don't. We're just buying players. Yeah, we're just buying. It's like career mode. You're not planning. You're just getting off vibes. But Jeff, every year, yeah, we haven't gone to the off season. Do you never? uh, I don't think we ever. We as Chelsea fans, and this is what I think the point that me and Tony were trying to get across is. Yeah, I have never looked at our squad. And our resources and set and not been able to say if we sign X, Y, and Z or make X, Y, and Z happen, get rid of this these kind of players and get some players in, we can't win the league. See, like, I don't I hear think that I've ever started off, even though we've been a top four team for the best part of like five years, the last five years, not title contenders, just top four team. There's never been a season we've gone into the season and gone with the right moves, we're not winning the league. That's the thing now. I hear you completely because I, I agree to some extent. But I think the with the right move, sort of that quote is the most important part because for plenty of seasons, we haven't been making the right move. The, you know, you've got Marina, you had Czech, um, Tuchel. They had their own vision. It was inadequate. Now you've got Todd Bowley and he's brought in all of these guys and it seems like it's going to take time. But we weren't making the right moves. And I, my thing was, I didn't, I lost trust in them to be making the right moves. We could have got Chiremeni. I, I, I don't even, I can't explain to you what happened. Kunde, we, like, it seemed we agreed terms, submitted the bid. But, now but he's yeah. gone. But that was in the same summer, yeah? Last uh, 2022. No, 2020, was it 2021? It was the first time. Oh, 2022. It was 2020, uh, yeah. Yeah, 22 when Lukaku came in, bro. Even without with missing those players, expectation was still to win the league, bro. That's what. Well, I'm we, tra- what after the Champions League win and stuff? After the Champions no, League. No, but I, I looked at Werner. I looked at Havertz, Mason Mount, Pulisic, Ziyech, and I thought if we get a striker, so we did get that striker. That striker didn't perform. I hear what you're saying about winning the league, but that was the first summer I had thought, okay, these lot have made, like, that's the signing we need. That's all that we needed. The defence was solid. We had the best defensive record for ages. But apart from that, name me a transfer window where you're like, do you know what? We did our thing. I think you're going to go all the way back to Mourinho bringing in Costa and Fabregas. And that's the problem. I was going to say 16-17. What was that? Bringing in Kante, bringing in oh. Louise. Yeah, uh, see, that's a, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, wow. I get that. I, I get that. In a sense, obviously, there's context applied. Like, even that summer that we signed Havert, Ziyech, Werner, all those guys, right? We'd literally come off a transfer ban and finish top four. So, and even I, for once, and I'd say that's probably the one season I didn't expect as much just because I still didn't believe in the manager himself. So those players come in, I said, all right, cool. They're talented from what I've seen. We'll see what happens. But 
outside of that, like, I did I I struggle to look for a season in in the past year where I've gone. Yeah, we ain't win. Like we, there's no chance we're winning this. Like I always believe, and I guess that's again when you compare that to say, um, you take Chelsea fans, City fans, uh, United fans to a degree into that into that category of fans that kind of expect success and don't let that standard drop. Whereas with when you look at Arsenal as the opposite end of it, a, a successful club, most of the fans that we talk to that are around our age were kids the last time they won the league. So when they're talking top four, they're talking, um, yeah, even top four. Like, the last time they were in the top four, we was all, like, in school or uni, depending how old you are. Like, yeah. that's where I say, okay, I can understand if you're, like, um, if you're Arsenal. But I'm sure there's even Arsenal fans that every year, and we see it because we make memes of them, that believe that Arsenal can win the league every year. And it's not necessarily deluded to a degree but you know I guess it's, it's, the, it's the entitlement of being a heritage club that that's the least you like to expect I can't go from celebrating league titles to celebrating finishing the top four that is impossible for me top four would be like yeah Champions League trips across Europe nice great but it's not like to me it's not a grandiose achievement it's what we should be doing that's yeah, like nice. our base it isn't, but the problem is for so many seasons, like tell me a season where we've comfortably finished in the top four, where we haven't been getting into the final few weeks thinking, oh my days, we need these lots of drop points and we need to make sure. For me now, it's like top four is an expectation, but aiming higher, I don't really see it. I didn't come into this season, um, you know, we had let go of Lukaku, we brought in Abamyang. So no matter how bad Lukaku was and how good Abamyang was for Barca, I still think that's a downgrade. But we've lost Rudiger, we've lost Christensen, we've got Koulibaly in who we thought, do you know what, he can do the Rudiger job. We've got Fofana in, good young defender. But again, it just, I don't know, I didn't see that jump that, okay, we've been in this position last season where we finished, what, third? Now we're making a jump and we're actually improving i think more often than not we don't see that improvement in chelsea so no ma- so no matter if we think do you know what we're actually chelsea like we should be competing my thing is yes we should be competing but i've accepted that currently we are not good enough to but, compete but this is why i even say stuff like it sounds crazy to to people but i say like finishing fourth or third is the same as finishing tenth Hey, like, I need to get your point, um, like, your view on this after he speaks. Obviously, I, I'm talking from my perspective. Finishing third or fourth is the same as finishing seventh. You know why? Because everyone wants to qualify for the Champions League, but has no expectation or feeling that we're going to win it until we start reaching the latter, latter stages. It's not like, oh, let's finish in the Champions League spot and we're actually going to mount a campaign to win it. We're just playing in it for the most part until we're out of the league. league, um, league Carole, uh, yeah, let me tell you why, let me tell you why, Carole, yeah, that. It will get to, probably not for Chelsea, given how ambitious your owner is, but Arsenal are a prime example of a club who would just like you, who in one stage of our of my livelihood, I expected Arsenal to win the league year in, year out. Forget top four. We will go we're automatically in the top four to start the season. We have yeah. to win the league. You know, from, you know, my earliest memory of Arsenal was 99. You know, from 99 to probably 
2005, maybe 06 when we hit the uh, Champions League final. Um, no, in fact, yeah, 2008, actually. I think that was the last season where it was like, right, I think this squad is actually going through some sort of a change. Now it's, you know, focusing on, on the Champions League. Um, and that's where I then became acclimatised to not expecting to win the league. And then it was, you know, from 08 to 0, uh, 2016, when it was CL, 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 till when it became very boring of a feat to hit Champions League. But now that we've been out of it for six years, I've then come to realise the importance of and why people stress hitting the Champions League spots, especially for Arsenal, given where we've been in a club in a state where our board is not financially flexible as Chelsea's have been over the past 20, 22 years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The point stands, yeah? The difference in quality that you can acquire being in the Champions League is so vast. And that is the explicit reason why Chelsea fans such as Jeff and Carroll can step into every season expecting Champions League and expecting um, a league because of the calibre of players that you attract, you attract year in, year out. But for Arsenal, we can't. So last season... We were, you know, visualising, you know, potential replacements in specific areas off the back of where we were maybe in Feb and March, given our five-point cushion in the Champions League places uh, towards the end of last season. But when it didn't happen and we were forced to target different types of profiles, that's when our expectations for this season, this season even changed, where it was like, right, you know, just give us top four. Give us top four. Get us back into the Champions League, into the best, you know, club competition in the world. And then we'll build from there. And now you're seeing us being not only in the Champions League spots, but us being in the league title push, essentially. We've never, ever seen Arsenal this ambitious, whether the bid failed and the play didn't come to us ever in our history, be this ambitious in a January transfer window, given where we are. So that's the difference. As you said, Karal, get what your point is in terms of there's no real excitement that comes with finishing fourth, but there are so many things that come with finishing, yeah. even fifth and sixth. Like West Ham, a prime example, yeah, went from finishing, uh, was it 17th? Yeah. Merely yeah. escaping relegation, then making Europa League the year after, and then uh, buying, um, they bought a few players. I think they bought uh, uh, Sufal, Suchek, yeah. um, a couple other players who aren't high caliber players, but they are certainly coming from teams who have been in and around the Europa League for a couple of years. And that's the stark difference that it can make. And even from that season, they maintain that spot for maybe two or three years. Last year, or I think it was the season before, they were in top four for a long time until they eventually long last time, yeah. rolled out, yeah. bro. So that's the difference, bro. So I hear what you're saying. There is the expectation, but at the same time, it's like, bro, like, yeah. trust me from an Arsenal, hear it from the horse's mouth, bro. <laughs> I hear it. I definitely hear it. I think my point is in terms of fourth, third, fourth being the same as tenth is when I actually look at a league campaign in it. Like, so because I want to be at the summit, right? Anything below to me is just like, ugh, it is what it is, or I deem it a failure depending where we were and how we started the season. Like, obviously, this season we started off shakily poorly anyway. To, to the point where I was like, even if we turn this around, will we be able to accumulate enough points to win the league? I didn't think so. So I've been kind of chilled this season. But I, I understand. That's the only, like, that is literally the only factor that makes me think 
okay, third, fourth, right, I'm cool with that. It's the players we can bring in. It's nothing to do with actually the achievement of being third or fourth. And that's what my biggest issue has been with Chelsea fans starting to relegate themselves to being this like third, fourth place side because how have we been consistently in the Champions League not bringing in um, the right players with that kind of clout and teams that have been outside the Champions League for God knows how long are performing way better than us. Mm. That's where my issue comes in because why are we accepting that? We've had years of head start on everyone else to be like, oh, that player, cool, we can bring him to London. We're not in some like middle of nowhere place in England. We're in London. We've got um, titles. We've got Champions League. We've got fund. There is no room we should walk in unless the other people in that room are, say, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, PSG maybe, City that are in that room that we should be losing and um, losing out to players on or not being able to recruit the players that we want to get. That's why my expectation will never change because I've, like you, you've said before, we're financially flexible. We're, um, we're in a position to come and like, uh, not even, not rub salt in the wounds, but I say we're in a position to go see Modric is, there's a window open to go grab him for however much it costs and goes and, and take him. But how, if that's not reflecting in terms of where we are in the league, I can't be happy. Everyone's talking about project. It takes time. But like Jeff said, um, you kind of lose faith in who you're bringing in, how you're utilising um, the scenario that you're in. And that's why for me, I said, bro, if we finish 10th and finish 4th, are we going to get any worse players that, that we've been signing in, in the last few years? I highly doubt it. Um, bro, I'm telling you, bro, there is... You're saying it now, yeah? <laughs> but I'm telling you... <laughs> Football careers are short, you know, and given the contracts that Chelsea offer to candidates as well, yeah, you're talking about a player potentially committing, you know, a, 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 maybe 12-15% of their career to Chelsea, and and, and I'm that's in refer uh, in reference to that one season, 15% of that contract to not being in Europe. Guys can't afford that, bro. Especially caliber high caliber players like this may be extreme, but someone like an Mbappe, for example, who I think given how Chelsea have been, if they were winning leagues and were winning Champions Leagues, probably be the number one contender amongst other clubs outside of maybe Real Madrid and Barcelona for people like that to come and play. But they're not going to waste their time. And there are other players now that are seeing other clubs, like Mudrik, for example, who was seeing Chelsea in Champions League win it last season or the season before, shall I say. Um, and, you know, off the back of that, say, yep, yeah, this club has pedigree, but bro, I'm telling you, this whole project thing is real, you know. Like, don't get sucked in and believe that there's room for you guys to finish 10th and you'll still acquire the same players. Because you certainly won't. Arsenal no, we, still... We're doing it. We're doing but, it. I'm saying you're, you're doing it now, yeah, because you're throwing mad bread at these players. That, like, Mudrik on 144 grand. I'm so sorry. I wanted that guy so desperately, but I am so sorry. He is not worth 140 bags a week. In, in no way, shape, or form. And in no way, shape, or form is he even worth 100 mil that Shakhtar have been able to, you know, uh, almost steal from Arsenal. He's not worth 144 bags to you, man. Like, we're paying, well, we're paying certain players 150 a week and they're not even at the club right now. They're on loan. 
That's the like, point, though. That's the point, though, no. So, so no, but I'm saying, but I'm I'm saying from a perspective of, it's it's worth it to us, and we could do that because of what we've what we've done and where we've been, like in the last few years. And but we also need a winger. I no, think that's you need that. But I'm saying, look, if you look at Chelsea, right, I know, and with I, I know, hate to talk from a perspective, you consistently finish outside the top four, right? But for me this season, if we finish 10th or we end, we squeeze 5th or even 4th, right, our recruiting class is still going to be the exact same. Why? Because we're still in that position where, do you know what? Um, it's a blip. To most people outside, it's going to be a blip. These I do hear that, yeah. yeah no, I no, you that. know, I'm telling you lot now, yeah. Even, look, what you're right. I'm not even going to take any credibility away from that because you're right. Because you've done it for so long and this season is a 10th place finish, it is a blip, but I'm telling you, the what's the word I'm looking for? The strategic way that players are now looking at their moves yeah, and their careers yeah, is a lot more than looking at a team and saying, right, they won the Champions League in 2021, but, you know, let me still join them, even though they're 10th. Like, they're looking at it, a, like, very, like, a lot of intricacy goes into where they're looking at it. And for me, you're saying this now, yeah, we can listen to this back in September, yeah? If you look finished outside of Europe, it's going to be tough for you, man, next season. You know, you may have a couple of... Uh, 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 you may acquire a couple of, of players who are of a good standard, but look at Newcastle's projects right now, bro. Eddie Howe, yeah, over the past, I think, 40 months, he's literally fourth behind Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Newcastle fourth in that specific order, yeah? And that's even off the back of... Chelsea's enormous outlay to start off last season. So imagine what they can do. And players are seeing it. Bruno Gomez at Newcastle, Alexander Isak, and he's even doing it with mediocre players, bro. And Newcastle have money. So when I was talking about Chelsea splashing bread on players, Newcastle are doing, and they know they have to do it to make them an attractive proposition for players to come and play. Then you've got Man City, who are Man City. Then you've got Liverpool, who... They've challenged for the league at 90-plus points per season, done it for so long that they have that pedigree to say, right, this is our blip. But last season, we were in, we played every game possible almost last season, and Jurgen Klopp was our manager, you know, and we're Liverpool. So you're looking at all the other teams in the league and you're thinking, right, who's next? Arsenal. Mikel Arteta has been backed by their board. Their board have shown willingness to spend money, one. They're... Uh, uh, the, the, the recruitment landscape is under 25 only, that of which is yielding great results, two. And three, they're currently top of the league. And four, they're going to hit the Champions League next season. Five, potentially, Mikel Arteta as a, as a manager who has proven to be able to develop players and get the best out of them. One, Bukayo Saka, left wing. Two, Eddie Nketiah, a backup player. Three, Martin, uh, 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 Gabby Martinelli, left wing. Um, Ten goal involvements in the Premier League. Martin Odegaard, best player in the league at the moment. Party, best DM in the league, arguably. Ben White, not a right back, but playing at elite right back level behind Rhys James. Gabriel uh, uh, Magalhaes and William Saliba, best centre back partnership in the Premier League. Ramsdale, relegation keeper, yeah, nine clean sheets in the league behind Newcastle. So, bro, that is what you're up against. And I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. And let's even put it into if we're, if we're going to talk about the topic, let's do it now. Mudrick, for example, yeah. He wanted Arsenal. We all saw it, you know. He was wined and died by, by Edu, by Arteta, by Zinchenko. It was in the article earlier on. 
He wanted Arsenal. Arsenal weren't willing to break their spending bracket, which I believe was nonsense, but they weren't willing to do it. He ended up at Chelsea. And Chelsea fans are even saying, one, did we need this profile? And two, the guy was twerking for Arsenal for how long? Six, seven weeks? You know, so that even tells you, if guys are on that, Rafael Liao had something good to say about us. Fucking Ronaldo, excuse my language, at United before he left. Even he was saying, yeah, you know, I hope Arsenal win the league because they've got a good... So you're seeing, you know, what positions can do for clubs. And I, I feel as if, even though it may seem as if Chelsea are in a bad position at the moment, I feel as if you've got, you know, 19 games left, you need to do whatever you can to get top four. Because if you don't, even if it's fifth, sixth, I'm telling you, boys, it's going to be tough. It, but there's one thing you're overlooking, yeah. Mm. And that is the fact that I, I can confidently say most footballers are mercenaries. Like, they will go to the highest bidder, regardless. And why I say that, like, Chelsea can finish 10th this season, but they have enough in the bank, like, compared to um, even Arsenal being top. Even... Uh, Newcastle Chelsea can still attract bigger players than them man can even if they finish in the top four mm. that's fact this, and that's and, and this is me saying from this perspective from now to summer like because one yes we are free with our pockets so we can just go right cool so if you want to offer a player 110 and we go now we'll offer you 180 the player and the agent are looking at each other we're making money, which I don't kind of, I kind of don't like because it's this. That's the game. Sometimes man. you don't get Part what you pay for in it. You, you, sometimes you don't get what you pay for in it. Like I, if, if a player's gonna be a mercenary, I don't need to kiss my badge, score some goals, keep some clean sheets, depending on what position you play. That's all I need. But for me, I look at it and go, you like if you take United for example. United have been the most up and down team over the last ten years that we could ever. Imagine, right? But because they have free pockets and they have the clout behind their name, they look at some of the players they've been able to sign. Casemiro, fan. Casemiro. He just come off the back of winning his fifth fifth Champions League. Yeah. And he's he went to United where this project, we don't know. Until now, we didn't know where it was going. But now we've seen the table. It's looking all right. And that's why I say, like, some club can do that and just say, do you know what? Come in. We're going to make this happen. Because even if you look at Chelsea now, even if we say that we piss away the next like 19 games and we finish 10th, a lot of agents, and uh, pundits, analysts, all these people are going to actually look at the team and go, at their peak, this is not a 10th team. This is even a third team. It could be a fourth team. It could be a second team, depending on how people, how people rate the, the players that are within the squad. For me personally, I'd say fully fit, we are a top 40. Like, that's where we're at. But um, other teams are performing better than us. And that's why I would say don't look too... I always say don't look too much into the table for this current season because when you take all the context into, into account, that table changes drastically the next season. Carell, you just said, like, fully fit, in your opinion, we're a top four team, yeah? Yeah. See, so that's... I think this is where we differ because I think the same. You look at it from like an idealist point of view where, no, but Chelsea should be here. Do you know what I mean? Chelsea should be top. I've grown up on 
Jogba and Estien and Lampard and I've seen them win, so I expect Chelsea to win. Whereas I'm more thinking like the current situation we're in, we're only good enough for the top four. If we were to challenge for the title, we're playing out of our skin. Arsenal right now, no offence, playing out of their skin. It's not expected. I think a few weeks ago, you were seeing these odds and like City were five, six, seven points behind and they're still the favourites for the title because no one expected Arsenal but, to sustain but is that not this an idealist long. view though that City are going to because this is the thing like people are saying City are still going to win the league now but from what you've seen this season do City look like a team that's going to win the league no and so you go off what the teams are showing you right that's what I'm saying Chelsea but, have not showed me recently that they're good enough for a title challenge therefore I've adjusted my expectations and I'm like we're good enough for top four because there's enough of a sample size to show that, okay, we yeah. can get top four, but that's about it. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, I'm not deluded. I don't think even like now, or I didn't think even in October, that Chelsea are going to win the league or should win the league. My point is, going into every season, that's where I start. I start with, there's 114 points available. How many of those are we? should we actually be dropping? Cool, you can say City might beat us. Liverpool might beat us, Arsenal might beat us in one of the two games, Tottenham could get a result against us in one of the two games. But most teams in the league, I expect to beat home and away, like going into mm-hmm. a season. Now, yes, I haven't seen Kante since match day one, where Kante has been pivotal in every season that we've played. Reese James, like Reese James being out and Chilwell being out, is like Arsenal playing without um, Saka and Martinelli. Or Saka and Odegaard. Like, it's like literally playing without two of your best players. Yeah. Like, so I can already look at that and go, ah, yeah, the season's tight. The season's cooked. Obviously, this season when Chilwell was, like, rusty and then we thought Kukurel could have been an adequate replacement. So far, he hasn't shown to be that. Rudiger was gone. We brought in Kulabali. Yes, there was scepticism where people said he should be good. Fofana, we didn't expect him to only play, what is it, like 27 minutes this season. So, yes, as context and, and situations happen, yeah, I adjust my expectations a long time. That's why I still told it, if I was like an idealist, I'd be looking at it going, oh, well, if we can win a few games now, when Rhys James comes back into the team and Joao Felix comes back from suspension, we put a run of games together, we might finish in the top four, we might finish fifth. No, I kind of just go this season... But I mean, and I think for the first time in the January since fifteen sixteen, I've kind of looked at the season and go, whatever happens, happens. We'll focus on next year. But yeah. don't get it twisted. If we finish tenth this season, my expectation next season is not going to be, oh, let's finish fourth. With all this recruiting that we're doing, all these like win now kind of players that we're bringing in for that kind of money. I'm sorry, next season I'm still looking at it like we have to be going for the title. Now, does that mean I'm saying we're going to win it? No, but. For me, it would be like, well, if we lose out on it next season, then I still know the next season after that, we're going for it again. So would you be disappointed? Let's say, is there a level of disappointment that, you know, comes with it when you see that, okay, started out the season thinking, go for the title, we've ended up scraping third on the last day. Does Does that come with a level of disappointment or... Do you feel like you've adjusted your expectations enough to know that, yeah, this, I mean, 
this is what Chelsea are showing me. Yeah, it's disapp- it's disappointment. The the thing is with with it, yeah, is like when you were say in the title race, right, and then you fall away, and then like you you have to wait to the last day to see if you're going to finish in top four. It's more elation at the fact that you're not going to be ridiculed for bl- bottling top four as well yeah. when it comes to other fans. But if I'm talking about on the pitch, I'm I, listen, I'm disengaged by them because I'm like, how did we go from being up here to like scraping to even play European like top European football next season and that's why I say sometimes it's a personnel thing like okay we last season we signed Lukaku didn't pan out if he panned out more goals on the board do we stay in the title different race longer story, different you know story. What I mean? or sometimes it's a, a, a managerial slash board fail where it's like You've seen your two most important positions are your wing backs, but you don't have adequate cover for them. Why did we not bring that in? Midfielders going down injured every season. Why have we not signed a permanent midfielder in the last four years? Those are the kind of things I look at and go and and I feel like, ah, oh, well, that plays into why I'm so disappointed this season. And okay. this season specifically, us being tenth and whatnot. I've chalked up to this has been a mess. The summer, with all the reports that come out post Tuchel being sacked, was a mess. The, the start of the season was a mess. Bringing in a new manager who would who done a full preseason and started getting his team up and running this season, we've just hijacked him. Outside, he of the literally window. beat us. <laughs> like they literally whacked us as well. Exactly, and that's where I'm going. Well, this season I can show some sympathy because. There is actually so much change going on, but that sympathy only extends till the end of the season. Then we're right. We need to be right back at it. Fair and enough. and it doesn't come from a place of delusion. But I struggle to look at the team and the signings and the 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 kind of pieces we can put in there with the resources that we have and say, like, no, we can't do it. And that's why I say it's so different when you look at it from our perspective as Chelsea fans versus Arsenal. Because Arsenal, for a long time, they've been looking up at the table. They've been looking up at their goals. For us looking at Champions League, looking down. Or yeah. looking in front of us. Like, it's not, it's not an aspiration. Yeah, yeah, there's no aspiration to it. I mean, imagine we've, if Arsenal finished top four and don't win a, a domestic trophy or a European trophy this season, it's still like there's something that's been achieved because the, the the cycle of not finishing in the Champions League has been broken. But as soon as they touch the Champions League, I guarantee the expectation will shift that same season. They'll go we're at the table with the big boys now. We have to go and capitalise on what we did last season. Oh, that is true. H, I want to ask you a few questions. Um, I might be bringing up some bad memories, but the season where Leicester won the league, Mm. What was your what was your feeling? Let's say the day, the minute Welbeck scored that last minute winner, and yeah. now it's like the the race is blown wide open. Yeah. Were you expecting to win the league that season? Uh, do you know what the maddest thing is, Mandem? Yeah, I was doing a bit of research today. Yeah, on that specific season to see how Leicester managed to kind of sustain their lead at the top. And to see how the people that were uh, uh, what's it, chasing them down were performing. And I remember that day vividly. Valentine's Day, Feb 2016. Mad. Um, 
I was, bro, I was so happy. But I'll, I'll be real with you, man. I don't have any memory whatsoever, and I'm not just saying this, of Arsenal or me expecting Arsenal to win the league that season, ever. Like, from game week one to maybe game week 24 when that, you know, 2-1 happened against Leicester. I, I did not have any desire, not desire, but, like, any thought in my mind that we're going to go the length and do it. I just didn't. And the reason was because... The thing about Arsenal, yeah, before a capitulation happens, they show you it's going to happen. It's so weird. Like, last season, yeah, I knew we weren't going to finish top four, right? I was hoping and praying it was going to happen. But from um, late September to early December, we were scraping wins. As in, we were winning games and we were making that push to enter the top four until we eventually did in Jan and Feb. But from September to December, we were playing on edge, as in like 50-50 possession, even uh, shots conceded, negative XG. It was bad. In 15-16, Giroud went 15 games in the league. <laughs> I'm laughing now, <laughs> yeah? Giroud went 15 games without scoring a goal. And that was from, I believe, late October to Jan. And we were screaming as in screaming at the board to bring in um, a player in January, and they didn't. So where we talk about today, Arsenal's title charge this season, yeah, it stems back from that season, bro, where our board, one, have let us down time and time again, and we've seen events that allow us to kind of prepare ourselves for some sort of capitulation. This season that actually hasn't happened, but 15-16, I knew it wasn't going to happen with Giroud leading the line, so... Yeah, man. Well, why, why do you have less of that sentiment with, I don't know if I'm poking a bear here a little bit, but with like Gabi Jesus? Because he's he's influencing the game in several other ways. So this, this is going to sound very like cringy and tactical, but Gabi Jesus and his inability in front of goal sometimes forces him to drift out wide to the left and it leaves vacancy for Martinelli to kind of float and occupy that central position, which is where he scored most of his goals this season. And again, not to throw the dig back at you, man, but the 2-2 draw at the bridge where he ran through Kante and then scored the goal. Oh, brother. Look, I just have to do it, you know? Uh, <laughs> from the corner. We're, we're praising slipping now. We're praising oh, slipping. Listen, listen, those are the type of goals where, again, he's more central. Bright, okay, let's use Brighton, for example, yeah? And Ketia, for example wasn't occupying that central central uh, striker spot. Ball was played into Martinelli through the middle. He ran the length of the halfway line to the goal and then he scored. Central goal. Similar situation. So even though Jesus may not be scoring goals, he's got five goals in the league. He's also got six assists, 11 goal contributions. Or I think it's five. So 10 goal, goal contributions, which a couple of those assists have actually been to Martinelli or those assists have been to Jesus being on the left flank and then a Xhaka or a Erdegaard supplying Martinelli, who's in that central position. So, again, it's more or less the player that we have and how they influence the game holistically. Giroud was a, he, a statue. He was slow. He was clunky. Good well, technique from a, from a striker's perspective, but if you're looking at all-round play, he wasn't, he wasn't there, man. I mean, Giroud did finish the season, you know, 16 goals, 6 assists, you know what I mean? But I just want to throw that out there. Next, <laughs> yeah, you, oh, you throw it out there, okay, yeah, but then you look at, okay, what 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 games was he bagging those goals in? Hey, 
And how every, many how many goals did he bag in those games? You know, so it's a bit. But every you know, no, but the thing is that every, like this is what I'm saying in the league title year. And Jeff, this might even take us to 13, 14, right? When and how I felt yeah, that season. We, we need to go there anyway. Yeah, that's right, what bro. We beat everyone in the top four, home and away. Home and away, and we still didn't win the league. Like yes. that's when I started to say oh, it's overrated to expect like. Oh, yeah, you have a striker. If your striker scores 16 goals, right, and they're in separate games, he's not bunching them up in hat-tricks and fours and fives, right, and he's not scored in, like, maybe, like, four or five different matches to get that total, or a more realistic, like, seven games. He's actually spread those. To be fair, that's not bad. It's not bad. Like, I know people get onto, like, strikers who don't score in big games, but I would rather my, my striker score against 17 different teams than, and not the the top three teams. Absolutely. And just the top three teams, yeah. Yeah, I hear like, it. Because there's more goals available. There's more... Um, that's where you pick up your points. And Chelsea that season, 13-14, in the big games, don't get it twisted, we showed up. Liverpool away, Liverpool at home. United, Sack Eto, Hat-Trick. Yeah. Uh, we beat everyone. Like, all the yeah. top teams beat them nicely, home and away. But Crystal Palace... Southampton, those kind of games. That's what cost us the league that season. And it was in that the last like um like four or five games uh of the season that we, we played ourselves out of the title race. And people could say, oh well, uh, 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 people came and said, Oh well, they weren't expected to win the league because Mourinho was playing it down. But anyone who knows Mourinho will play it down. He will play it down knowing that. I haven't got the quote-unquote final form of my team. But you cannot tell me if you're top of the league on match day 30 and you don't win the league, it's a collapse. It is guaranteed a collapse. See, now, H, um, I have a different opinion on that. I think throughout the season, you know, we've got Torres, we've got Dembaba, we've got Eto. We've managed to beat the big clubs, but we just don't have that firepower. We don't have that consistent striker because in some games... Torres is looking like okay, like he might finally find some form. Other games, Torres was the Torres we then knew to know. Eto was looking like he was rolling back the years, and then other games it was like, yeah, no, nah, this is this is past his peak. Samuel Eto, Demboba was sometimes looking like a fish out of water, bare confused, and other times it was like, fam, this there's something there. I think with the margins between us. Liverpool and City in that season the fact that we're even in that position credit to Mourinho because again everything else the structure was there the striker was not I don't think I would refer to that as bottling it I know we were top but if we're top by like one two points it's very different from us being top by 10 11 points you know what I mean I think in the end we just didn't have that firepower Next season, Mourinho goes to get his striker. He went to get Fabregas too, but he went to get a striker and like there's a big difference. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't see that as bottling just because it was tight anyway. It was like really close where literally three teams can win it. And I think in the end, I, I mean, I want to call them the strongest team, but I'm just remembering that Liverpool strike force. But yeah, I think the strongest team won it in the end. Would you say Chelsea bottled it that season? No, definitely didn't bottle it still. 
death of Dylan Bottle. And I think, do you know what? It's a bit of a weird one because to beat every team home and away in a top four, that's mad. Like, and then to drop points against, you know, your your more your more smaller clubs. But essentially, you lot knew where your weaknesses were. Um, it set you back. And the teams who were stronger and, in a sense, more consistent went and won it. So, you know, I don't really think that's a bottle. I think that's a real title charge. And I think, you know, it, it just played out in a way that it eventually would have played out given the personnel that you lot had. Um, and yeah, man, that's that's my take on it, really. Um, that that 13 14 season for me was was a very good season from Chelsea. I think there were a couple of games where you should have won and you didn't. You drew um, a couple, um, but it's it's no mean feat to go home and away and beat teams that are in and around you every game. Like that's crazy. So you know you you win some as the the saying goes. You win some, you lose some, and literally that's what they did for the large part. They won a lot of games, but some games even if it was a draw. In, in a sense, it was still a loss. So, yeah, man, I wouldn't really say it was a, a title bottle, in my opinion. And the only reason I say that is because I just didn't trust any, like, you could trust Hazard and them and there, but that's about it. That's the only, yeah, that's the only player you could really trust. But anyway, I said I had a few questions for you. My second question, so, cool, now, you know, you didn't get Mudrick. Um, Arsenal clearly need backups. You need... I don't know what's going on with Lokonga, but you need a midfielder, clearly. Like, um, you need someone to replace Saka. Reese Nelson seems to be injured a lot now. Well, he's always been injured a lot, but you need someone for Saka and Martinelli. You thought you were getting that with Modric. Um, you're now complaining about the boards not investing and, you know, this being their chance to put their foot down, make a statement. Do you not also think that the way Arteta's recruited, he's recruited very carefully, like it's been very methodical. He's not just going out to buy anyone. Do you think that if the boards don't get someone and if you're not heavily linked in the coming days or like towards the end of the transfer window with someone, that's then on Arteta? Because, you know, as I'm saying, he he selects players like he knows who he wants for his system and he's looking at more than just the attributes like physically and stuff like he he wants to know that player's mindset and whatnot so do you not think it's also on Arteta and maybe him being so meticulous with who he signs if you don't end up signing someone because that could potentially derail your season but mm. you you guys don't sign people for the sake of it anyway yeah I um what I'll say is I don't have I wouldn't put any blame, not 1% on Arteta whatsoever. I think when you're at the stage of the season, being top of the league, eight points clear, if that is who Arteta says he wants, you go get him. And if you turn around and say he's too expensive, then you can say fair. But Arsenal went, the article came out, the president said it, Arsenal went and bidded um, the exact same, same fee and structure Chelsea. So as far as I'm concerned, it only came down to the variables, the add-ons, which were, in the Shakhtar president's words, more achievable from Chelsea yeah. than that of Arsenal, and potentially from the fixed fee, 
Chelsea were willing to pay more because you know how the fees it, it tends to be staggered across the players' contract. Yeah, yeah. You know they 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 offered to pay more now and and then have you know the other the other cost spread out across the seven and a half years. So for me, that's on the board. You know, Arteta said this is someone that I want. This is someone that fits our system. This is someone that can arguably arguably play in more than one position. He has elite potential. He's shown it in the Champions League. He starts for his national team. We have a glowing reference from his national uh, teammate in Zinchenko. Go and get him. And they did do their utmost best. And for me, the disappointment isn't even not getting him. The disappointment is, I feel so sorry for Arteta because they've gone that length. They've gone and matched the fee and given them what they want. And you're telling me that you've lost him because the, the add-ons weren't achievable. And even then, we know that the kid wanted to come to Arsenal, you know? So it's a mutual thing from Arteta and from Mudrik. Bro, like, flex your muscles and change up the add-ons, bro. Like, make it happen. So I don't know, man. There, I, I, there's some reports that there's, there's a plan B in the works. I think there was never a plan B and Arteta put all his eggs into Mudrik's basket and he wanted him. Hey, it looks um, clear that that was the case. Very, very clear, bro. Very clear, so... Look, I trust Arteta's talent ID. I think he's only failed on one player, that being uh, Lokonga. Even that, I think that was more of a more of a PR spin to kind of develop a relationship with Anderlecht for a reason that we're not too sure of. Um, but he's failed on, on, on Lokonga. And for the most part, he's got everyone else put on. So if there's another player that he's going to look to target, we've got no inkling as to who that is. But we're praying and hoping that whoever does come in can do us a good service up until the end of the season. Because there's not going to be... A, a, a player of Modric's calibre. No way. It will be a player who can service Saka and Martinelli on those wings and probably play the lesser games to give those two players a rest. But we'll just have to wait and see. I'll, I'll be honest. Edu needs to be sacked. He does. He, he does. Because this is the thing, right? And this is where, like, we had the same issue with Marina and, and these people, right? Is, bro, you cannot walk into a room with a player that you know we need and not come back with him. Because if you're doing that now, like, and this is like when you're saying this is pre-Champions League, you know, like trying to build back. When you start getting back to that level, there's teams that won't mess around. Bro, competing with the big names. Like, look how Barca have no money and they still small boyed us. Like, when they came to Rafael. Like, that's, that's what, and that's where you have to, you have to respect the upper echelon of of of, of football these mm. days and and the pulling power that certain clubs have because if you go in and you're arming an iron because you lot have been speaking to you were speaking to Modric for time Forever, I want to say pre World Cup time to Forever. the point where I want to say that every other team had looked at that and gone well even we didn't want him and if we did he's going to Arsenal anyway all signs point to Arsenal yeah so for there to be an instance where Chelsea can literally look at it and go oh so these men are stalling cool, let's have a meeting or we can get it done. By the next day, he's our player to the point, like, it happened so quick. We or else the that. next day. They did it. They said that they did it in seven hours. And for they me, they stayed up. there, yeah. They stayed, they flew out. Edu even flew to the wrong country. You men aren't even deep in. Back <laughs> to Poland. Their men were in Turkey. Like, for me, it's just, and it's not even just Edu. This is why, see my earlier comments about the board and us being reluctant to say that we're title challenges or we can win the title from now and that we need to wait until the end of Jan, this is where it stems from. Because you mean to tell me that the board was stingy and stubborn and were unwilling to flex the add-ons to bring in this player when you've met the conditions? That's a joke. 
I think. And, 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 oh, well, go on, go. Now go through, go through. And I was going to say, even then, once we had the appetite from, let's say, the second bid, that there wasn't going to be any sort of flex and, and an agreement that wasn't going to be made, you, you have to walk away. And Arsenal have, they yeah. did it last year with Vlahovic. Mm-hmm. They pondered and pondered until the 21st of Jan, until it was announced he was joining Juventus and it was too late to bring anyone else in. And we missed out on top four. So this is where I have to be reluctant with the whole title charge talk because I know how this could potentially play out. I'm just hoping and praying that given where we are in the league, I listen, if we don't win the league this season, it's not going to happen for the next five, 10 years. I'll tell you that for free. No, every team is going to strengthen, even the teams from 10th and below. No pun intended. I'll get them to strengthen. You know? <laughs> hey, correct. What you got to do, bro? Just mad. Just mad. The way I look at it, and I say league position stuff doesn't matter here because genuinely, the fact that we've walked away from this January with Joao Felix and Modric, crazy. It just shows like sometimes muscles are muscles, bro. Like you just have them, and the and that's why I said Eddie needs to be sacked because either he's not selling the Arsenal project properly to these players, or He's just pretending to be on his phone. You know what? I read, I read in between the lines here yeah, on the president's article today. Yeah, the president said that Chelsea are ambitious. They're all about their business. And this is an exciting project for any player to come. And that told me yeah. all I need to know. Eddie didn't sell it properly. He has no swagger. He can't articulate himself properly. And he can't, he can't, he can't uh, uh, sell. That tells me all I need to know. Egbali and them man went there early morning. They left with the player. I was even following Shakhtar's Twitter account. Shakhtar were doing training videos, awarding Mudrik with the Player of the Year award that morning and the same day he's on the plane to London. I'm sorry, that's a joke. That's a joke, but hey, it is what it is. And that's where, Jeff, you see the contrast in expectation. Because Mm -hmm. how can... So even I know I've put the pressure on Arsenal because I feel like I just feel like they, they will and should win the league at this point. But when you look at Arsenal as their top of the league, playing some of the best football in this country, it should be attractive to any player that has any technical ability because like you, you can go and express yourself there. And they're still encountering those struggles. With Temp playing some of the worst football in the league to the point where people are just refusing to tune into us when we're on Sky Sports because they've got better things to do. And we can still make moves. That's why my expectation is always high. Because there's still seemingly no room we can walk in with most teams in this country and most teams across across Europe and say, we want you and they're not going to come. I hear it, to be honest. Because the Felix one, I know you lot wanted him too, but for us to get him like that just yeah i mean it's shocking like this is former golden boy we've seen his talent he literally showed it at the world cup on display we've seen him for Atletico in moments obviously the system probably not suited him but yeah i mean this this edu thing i think you arsenal fans are you're, you're right in your criticism of him still it's yeah it can't keep happening if you want to be at the top, you're going to need to close the deal on these top players. And if that continues to not happen, everyone's going to strengthen around you. Yeah. And this is kind of why 
I'm starting to respect Newcastle so much. Newcastle have not tried to buy all these world-class, talented players for a hundred Like Newcastle have really, really thought about their transfer strategy. Well, you know They've why? So smart. Go they on. they took their so there's two blueprints when you come into money. You either do what Chelsea did, which was pre FFP anyway, but or you do what City did initially. Yeah, and you you spend within your means, but you build a team. That's why I say like everyone's like Eddie Howe this Eddie Howe Eddie Howe will not be Newcastle manager in two years time because the project is going to outgrow what he's actually capable of taking the team to. Like the kind of players that are going to come into because remember managers attract players too. Yeah, so they'll get to a, <laughs> they'll get to a stage where like big names become available and they will jump at it managerial wise because they know they have the budget for the manager to come in and do what he needs to do and they know they can take that extra step up and that's no disrespect to what Eddie Howe can do but. Even if you look at Chelsea's project, City's project, the first manager is never the most successful manager. Mark Hughes, no, well, Spengler uh, and Eriksson, Mark Hughes were the two first managers in the City's era. Mm. Then they got Mancini and won a league title. Uh, Chelsea, Ranieri started it. Snapped up Mourinho, hot new pro- young prospect as a manager, started being successful. Like, it, I think Eddie Howe will be like the stopgap because they needed to, I think they needed to stabilize. Stabilize, a hundred percent. Yeah. Now they're pushing on, and I think when they start pushing on, they'll realize like, oh, we can really make waves. But yeah, I do respect. I respect them highly. Like, I respect the. I respect what Newcastle's doing. But it's a weird season. Like if you look at the table now, like H said, next season is not going to look anything like this. I can guarantee yeah. it. I can get, and I think the points um, gained next season to win the league will be lower than most seasons prior to it. Everyone's getting stronger, man. Everyone's getting strong, And even like the mid-tier teams, they're finding their own way of playing. Brentford are scary. I hate Brentford. They're scary. But have, you, have you seen what they, they did? What they do? So, one of, like, they averaged like some of the highest um, blocked shots this season. Um, and like the whole thing's about like not playing defensively but making the most out of little possession and yeah. being efficient and obviously they brought in Ben Mee which helped them in terms of block shots because of how he was at Burnley and in terms of um, set pieces as well so he's good in the other box and me seeing like of the mid-tier teams making those kind of signings Brighton with Matoma and Metallister and these they're all capable of building great teams within their budgets. Now you're going to look up and you're going to go Chelsea, City, uh, uh, Chelsea, City, all these other teams start uh, recruiting within their brothers, uh, within their budgets. They're going to push on. Wait, what happened? No, yeah, I feel you still. I feel you. Um, I feel like, as I said earlier on, um, the league is just mad competitive now, bro. I disagree, you know. I don't think that they're going to sack Eddie Howe in a couple of years. I feel like they'll stick with him um, so long as he manages to continue doing what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they'll trust him to identify the players that work 
Um, he's showing it now. Like he's he's got they've they're they're on I think a fifteen game unbeaten run in the league. They've conceded the game, what the least goals as well, isn't it? Oh, conceded the least goals, and the goal that they conceded was uh, the goal the game that they lost. Sorry, was in the ninety seventh minute at Anfield <laughs> to 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 lose two one. So, bro, the stats are there. You know, I think. I don't want to brag him up, but maybe Arteta is the blueprint for board members to say, you know what, maybe projects are actually real. And if you give the manager the time, if he has that pedigree, maybe he can achieve in it. So I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. But I think for the most part, what they're developing there, I thought it was a fluke at first, but they are slapping, man, left, right and centre. Not mm, asking. Not asking. Slide that in <laughs> They played right. well against you. They well against you. <laughs> but they've done all right. They flexed their muscles. They changed the game plan. They came, literally came for a point. They left with a point. Hats off to them, bro. Defensively, I think they're the best in the league. I said that that is the one opponent in the league that I'm shook of, home and away. Um, I'm happy that we didn't lose the game because they could have won it. Joe Linton back post, he missed an open goal. But at um, St. George's Park, I think that's the name of their stadium. Um, yeah. St. James's Park, sorry, I'm bugging. Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, man. Sl- any team that goes there, they slap them up and down. City threw three no up in the first half. They let that one go, but didn't lose the game. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. Uh, I think I I believe like we're coming to a new era of the Premier League. Like I think there's always definitive seasons that set the precedent for the next few years, and I feel like this one is is a pivotal one. And again, as a Chelsea fan, it depends how we react. To this season happening and going to next season will determine how we'll probably be for the next couple of years. But I have the utmost faith that we will be right where we belong and all those points that were taken off us for teams to be above us right now, we're going to rescind them next season. God forbid, God forbid. Don't we'll... get it. <laughs> Listen, Bruh, the I've pastor been... that came in praising said, God forbid. That's crazy. Nah, man, you don't know me. Anything Chelsea related, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't endorse it still, man. Chelsea paying me for real. Why do we let him on our platform, Karel, man? You know what it is, yeah? No, no, no. Do you know what it is? This season, yeah, we're not bitter people in it. We're not bitter. You know, Arsenal doing well. We can let them come and, you know, you know, glow a little bit, flex a little bit. I saw the Chelsea jabs coming in here and there. But one thing I'll say is the get back is real. 15-16, we were 10th. 16-17, we won 30 games. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> This coming season, I'm ready. Jeff, mm. this is what I'm saying. My expectations are real, bro. Next season, we're on a title charge. Because <laughs> I feel like Liverpool are cooked. This is my theory behind it. Liverpool are cooked. They're uh, done still. They're done. They're that done. cycle's finished. They they, they will pressed be... too hard for a few years. It's done, man. They pressed too hard. They didn't bring in adequate replacements. They've fumbled the market for the last few years. And they're going to suffer for it. City, I feel like I think they're on the brink. Genuinely believe they're on the brink. Um, and I feel like that they'll be done next season, maybe the season after. And I want to say Arsenal might not be able to replicate what they did this season. But we got a chance. You're speaking yeah. into existence, my bro, man. We got it, man. Hey. I'm hoping so, but yeah, this has been this has been a great one, man. To to hear the expectations and the way 
you guys' mind works. H, thank you for jumping on my bro. I really appreciate it. And Corel, as always, lovely to have you, man. Come on, man. Um, I think we'll do this. We need to, I need to do the, this might even be like a part one because I feel like part two, and I'm, I'm going to mediate. I need you and Tony to, okay. to go back and forth on I this. I like that. I like oh, you that. Did like, we did the neutral version. Like, I yeah, want yeah. Like, Come on, our special guest didn't want to come into something mad, you know. Mm. But yeah, we got we got a part two because Tony's gonna come with his United point of view, and yeah, it's it's gonna be different, I'm sure. But yeah, man, thank you, thank you a lot for jumping on, um, listeners. Thank you for making it this far. You know us. Follow us on all social media platforms at Ballers Corner. That's B A L R S Corner. Please let us know what you think. And for your club, let us know what your expectations are. Do you think, you know, if you're a perennial title challenger or maybe like a club that always is in the top four, you're expecting to be there all the time? Have your club let you down like they've let me down to the point where I've now lowered my expectations? Please. Or are you like Corel where you're always expecting to be at the top no matter what let us know what you think interact with us and yeah once again thank you lot for jumping on come on progression in football it's not linear it's not linear still chelsea are showing us that not linear yo free up the gang they're innocent soon home that's imminent i'm a niggas don't play no games like they pull their ligaments I wanna rack for the beat, I just made that's a minimum, you know the source is different. I wanna rack for the beat, I just made that's a minimum, you know the source is different. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid.